Welcome to Good News, Bad News, the Libertarian Christian Roundtable, where every other week we challenge the status quo and give you the libertarian Christian analysis of what's happening in your world. Welcome back to another episode of Good News, Bad News, the Libertarian Christian Roundtable. This is a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Please make sure to like and subscribe to us here. We're going to be doing this all through 2022. You'll find us every other week commenting on the news of the day and having a good time lambasting status and lifting up in- interesting items that will to your attention and uh, to to. Uh, to shed some light on the news of the day. So today we're going to do something a little different though, because we are at, uh, this is January 5th of 2022. And we thought let's do a little retrospective on dear old 2021. Uh, it was kind of a dumpster fire of a year. As you can see, I'm still dealing with it in my house. And uh, other than that, you know, we're really looking forward to uh, to getting in, in underway with this year for bigger and better things. But, you know, good things happen too. So we're going to do a little bit of best and worst of 2021. And everybody here has, has hopefully got something to kind of talk about with regards to what was the best thing? What was the worst thing? What was the good news? What was the bad news? So I'm going to, I'm going to begin right off the bat and say that for me, I, I would say, and, and oh, and by the way, I should also say, uh, I don't know what everybody's going to say. Uh, we've given basically no guidelines as to what qualities or qualifications should go into what, how you judge best or worst. It is up to each of us. So for me, uh, my best of 21 should come as no surprise for if you know me at, at all. It's Bitcoin, baby. Uh, <laughs> Bitcoin was the best thing of 2021. Uh, I, I, it was what an exciting year for cryptocurrencies overall, but of course our, our dear beloved Bitcoin, uh, sound money advocates unite. This is the way to go. It's become clearer and clearer that Bitcoin is going to win in the long run and it's not going to be stopped. It is amazing to see, uh, that we had, of course, a tremendous, you know, value, like appreciation of the asset relative to, uh, to world currencies, you know, across the entire year opening at like what? In the beginning of 2020, it was like 20,000, got up to a high of like 69. Now it's around that 45 to 50 range. And like at the end of the, at the end of 2021, like, who cares? Like, this is amazing that like, ignore the noise, follow the trend. We're trending up and, you know, world currencies are going down. That's like, and who, you know, so it's a good lesson. You know, you don't, don't, uh, you know, get involved at least a little bit in Bitcoin because shorting, like, why would you ever want to short Bitcoin? It's a terrible idea. Uh, so, you know, at least hold on to some, uh, don't hold on to dollars, baby. I bought it anyway. too high. So yeah, well, you know, that was your fault. <clears throat> Not the I, I, I gave you an opportunity to go on my time machine and, and you know, you, uh, I don't you, want you, your you ground floors. I don't want your plastics. <laughs> I'm getting out of this town. <laughs> it is, but it was, it was a great year for crypto. And I, I think, you know, read the Bitcoin standard, read, uh, the bullish case for Bitcoin, uh, go, go learn a little. It's great stuff. Uh, worst, worst of 2021. There's so many bad things to have, uh, to, to have to report on in there. Uh, but I think, you know, among, among the worst of that, uh, your third degree burns that you're seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah. The third degree (laughs) burns that are, that are occurring under my feet right now. Uh, I'm just going to go out there and just say the white house. Um, (laughs) I, I have, you know, I was pretty, you know, I wasn't high on the Biden administration. I mean, that much is obvious. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, rather known for saying I'm already against the next president and, uh, you know, uh, and that every president sucks.com, you know, and stuff like that. 
but like i i even i could could not be uh you know well even i could be could be surprised on the level of idiocy coming out of an administration and uh yeah policy i like there's hardly anything that went good in this administration so far <laughs> and and like that's really saying something because like you tried to find at least the closest thing is like okay well yeah i mean getting out of afghanistan is a good thing like we need to be out of afghanistan but by by george you really managed it you get like you're so bad you screwed that up yeah. <laughs> come on let's leave like, 23 let's, billion dollars worth of yeah. uh materials behind yeah. for our enemies to pick up and use against us yeah oh that's a Yay. genius move there guys like you really really did a good one good management on that so that's <clears> that's my best and worst and yes that is fairly broad uh but broad strokes but that's just the way i'm thinking about things thus far so best bitcoin worst white house all right well i'm Matt, i'm going to you share think? your your worst with you here uh with this lovely little clip that we've had uh throughout the two billion dollars in overtime <laughs> was denied by our for hourly oh, workers yeah, who were not unionized 1.2 billion so you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and in, in, in a supermarket you control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on on, on, on a forklift what happens Yes, what happens? Yeah, what, I, what happens? I would love like to know what happens there uh, <laughs> yeah. as well as everybody else. I know that's a little bit of a, of a clip, but it just kind of is a short uh, way to say we went from mean tweets to inconcernable, indiscernible speech uh, <laughs> in, in one year. And it was, uh, it's was it been an interesting, interesting time period. So oh, that boy. really is, yep. I agree with you, probably my worst. But I would say that uh, my best from this past year was something that we got to do in Pennsylvania. And I was actually, frankly, very proud of because some of the work that we did with Reopen PA and some other groups were able to change uh, some things around and actually turn the tide of tyrannical power within the state. We actually limited the governor's powers, Tom Wolf's powers, uh, in the state of Pennsylvania through a referendum. Some people didn't like it. Some people did. I think, hey, anything that limits your governor's powers is going to be a good thing in the end. Good deal. So, yay for us. Yeah. Uh, we're doing something good. Looking through the annals of history, that will be a win for us. <laughs> All right. Gary, <laughs> you're on mute. There you go. Ah, sorry. Uh, okay. So my best and worst, well, I'm going to start with, with the worst. Um, it's no secret that, uh, I have, uh, been concerned with the psychological impact of lockdowns, um, you know, and all the, the COVID propaganda and all the nonsense going on. One of my very first articles on LCI actually came out in 2020 and talking about, um, the concept of a moral panic, um, eventually in 2021, uh, the YouTube channel, uh, the Academy of ideas put out a video talking about something called mass psychosis, uh, which explains a lot of the psychological impact that I've been talking about and raising red flags about. Um, and so that I would say is the worst of 2021, but the best of 2021 is that, um, on the very last day. Joe Rogan posted an interview with Dr. Robert Malone, um, who is, uh, they say he invented the MRNA technology and the vaccines. I, I wouldn't maybe give him that much credibility, but, um, well, that was a com least, combination of people, but yeah, yeah still. Combina <laughs> combination of people, but you know, really smart guy. And he also pointed out on the Joe Rogan podcast, this idea of mass 
psychosis and the Google search engine just went berserk and now everybody's Googling it, which is probably one of the best things that, that could possibly happen is people are waking up and figuring out that, uh, we've been had and it's, and it's time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a more positive outlook. I don't know when that will come, but yeah, that's my best. It's interesting cool. too because the uh, the elites don't like Joe Rogan primarily because he gets <clears throat> a listenership that is combined more than all of the top rated shows on television. So mm -hmm. he really has an audience that goes far and wide. And if you're going to have that kind of wave of people researching one topic at one time, uh, going yeah. through the, the, the social atmosphere, that's, uh, that, that's going to be saying something here pretty soon. Well, and just for the record, you've got a lot of the, you know, a lot of the establishment types and those, those people who have been parroting the, the, the mainstream corporate, you know, propaganda narrative, um, can't ignore it. Now I did do a search for it just before I came, you know, before we got on and noticed that there's, um, there's even a lot of, um, uh, YouTube channels that are, you know, aligned with, with the, the mainstream narrative on COVID who are completely missing the boat on what mass psychosis is. They think it's an invention of the right in order to get Trump back into office. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, at this point, they Got can't ignore talking it. points now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, they can't ignore it. They can't silence it. Yeah. And people are, are paying attention, which I think is great. So very good. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, even to consider that, like, we have at LCI I've been very critical of statism and as much as like we're saying it, it's kind of like an alternative religion. But, you know, and, and that is very much true. And the state is the enemy of God and so on. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it with as much emphasis these days on mental health in general, mm -hmm. the, it kind of stands to reason that using that kind of language in in, you know, as a kind of weaponized language against the state to describe what's going on, okay. because it's also true, is really helpful. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. very good stuff. Aaron, what are you thinking? Best, okay. worst, 2021. Okay, worst should be easy, inflation. We told everyone that yeah. um, the level of expansion from the monetary authorities and the fiscal authorities was way, way, way too fast to what supply chains could do. And guess what? Uh, the money came in much much faster than the new goods uh than the goods could uh could support or could match so uh that was the a surprise, really surprise. bad one <laughs> yeah and remember yeah. how it went like it's temporary well it's actually a little bit longer than we thought but what's still no. transitory yeah. <laughs> and no. no it's actually good now it's a good thing oh, it's a good now thing it's endemic and just here to stay and, yeah. <laughs> and and one one of the great things that I discovered because uh, I have heard a lot of my friends that you could consider Keynesians, I guess, or um, post Keynesians also, they were for forever, even before the, even before the inflation, they were for sure that inflation reduces inequality. They were completely convinced, and I couldn't get information on how they got that information. I'm kidding you not. Before the inflation, it's not like That's it happened right now. And I, w I was trying to ask them, like, but what do you mean by that? And they were just going around and whatever, like. Hey, they read, they read Thomas Piketty, you know, that's probably where they got it from. 
No, yeah. it's worse. By the way. It's worse? No, it's no. Worse. <laughs> now, I, I finally figured it out I mean, after a lot of talking and one of those things that were passing by. This is what a lot of people uh, that are kind of Keynesians in economics think. Mm-hmm. They truly do believe that most wealthy people hold to what we call bonds or fixed income, that when they invest, they invest in fixed income. That's completely yeah. false because right now, actually, that's kind of like the point. Most wealth, most wealthy people don't invest in fixed income or very little. They invest in variable income, like real, all the way from real estate to stocks yeah. and whatever, right. and even Bitcoin because it's variable because it's a variable return. Mm-hmm. It, but they are totally the, where this came from was from the 1800s when there was this debate between the gold standard and whether we should have silver instead of gold and so on and so forth. Because back then in the 1800s, wealthy people used to invest in only fixed income. And so back then, well, okay. oh, if we let inflation go, then that's actually going to reduce inequality. But that's 1800s. And it took me forever to figure it out because they themselves couldn't. And they were, and after, and that's before inflation. When inflation hit, finally, when they were went like, okay, so yeah, it's here to stay. No, 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 it's actually good. And what was the first thing that they came up with to say, well, it was actually good? Oh, it's going to reduce inequality. And so we had to do the homework right. and find out like, no, that's not, yeah. that's just not how it works. And you're talking about people with PhD saying this. And I was actually, very, it was very frustrating. So that, that's what I'm saying. It was bad yeah. and at the intellectual level, at the political level, and, and just on a daily basis of, on, on people's personal life, it obviously affects you that prices are rising faster than people's incomes. That's just the way it is. That's the bad side. The good side, uh, 150 years of Menger's principles of economics um the, father, <laughs> the economics uh the father of all austrian economists uh we celebrated uh we we read through his books um i highly highly recommend you guys to read uh menger directly just go directly to the source uh some highlights for the people that are not familiar with it uh that the people from the world already know all value is subjective let me give a little extra um be careful when when people tell you that value cannot be subjective because it's noticeably dependent upon the culture that surrounds you. Like a lot of, like you have very close valuations to your family, friends, whatever, whatever. Well, that doesn't make it objective. That makes it what we will call intersubjective, which means since we're social animals, we tend to value things. We te- we like to be part of groups, and so we're gonna tend to closely value stuff that people that we care for are going to, but that doesn't make it objective. That just means that, guess what? People that we care for, subjectively care for, uh, influence the way that we see the world, and therefore we're going to value things uh, pretty much at the same rates, but not identical, by the way. Um, Second one, awesome work on the development of of money. I highly recommend if you guys go and read, well, well, actually, the articles that that I'm, uh, I'm posting and I'm writing right now have to do with Menger's work on cool. the development of money. And another one that is important, just in case someday, someday you see it, for the ones that are not aware of, is when Menger used to use the word commodity, he did not mean only physical stuff that are saleable. It's everything that is saleable from a piece of paper to a finished product to an uh, unfinished product, everything that is ready that the individual wants to sell, 
that's considered a, oh, okay. a commodity in the scientific way of seeing it. For 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 regular people, usually we tend to say, well, yeah, kind of like wheat, yeah. gold, corn, or whatever. Oil, but yeah. anything that is for sale, scientifically speaking, we call that commodity. And just so you guys know that, when people were battling against Bitcoin being like, well, it's nothing, they said, no, 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 no. People are holding it and they want us to sell it later. Therefore, in the Mengarian view, it it's is a, a commodity. commodity. Yeah. It just happens mm. to be a digital commodity. Yep. And that's it. There's nothing to it. I mean, it can be luxury commodity or whatever you want to call it. But it is, scientifically speaking, Coffee, a commodity. orange juice, beef, Bitcoin. bacon, pork belly. <laughs> <laughs> so I Excellent. think up to there. So happy, happy birthday, Mr. Menger, Professor Menger, yeah. and uh, and to the Austrian school in in many respects, right? Because that's that's really where you know so much of our of the best ideas on economics have ever happy really come birthday from. To the to the principles of economics book from Menger. That's, ah, right, that, right. That founded. Yeah. The I'm really school. kind of surprised uh, that you guys didn't talk about probably the most important birthday that oh, we've experienced what? this year. What what's that? This was the 10 year anniversary. Of the invention of the burrito. Let us all wait, wait, what? Let us all hail our North Korean overlords who have <laughs> developed the burrito for us. All hail Kim Jong il who hath given us the burrito. Ten years ago he invented it in 2011 to battle hunger in North Korea. Giving it to little children and stuffing it into your face hole. <laughs> okay. Look I at the majestic factories that. that make the burrito shells. <laughs> Watch them go up and down in tubes of meat. <laughs> Spinning racks what is this? What is this of meat madness? <laughs> made from cats. <laughs> and people wrapping them gingerly and placing them in rows ever so gently. You, what is okay you may need to explain this <laughs> oh, so i'll explain it th thank right. thank you kim jong-il for inventing the burrito uh, there is no mexican culture without uh king jong so. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just so just so everybody knows especially our podcast listeners there was a report that came out on metro.co.uk saying that um Kim Jong-il is credited in North Korea as being the inventor of the burrito back in 2011. Oh, well, well okay. So, <laughs> so 2021 no was the 10th year. 2021 <laughs> was the 10th year anniversary of the invention of the burrito. There were no burritos before 2011. I, I didn't go to Taco Bell as a kid. I didn't Never. do that. What's that? <laughs> oh, what another that? invention of Kim Jong. Is this, is this uh, kind of like the, the Berenstain bear problem? You know, like we, we look back in the past and now we don't see any instances of burritos. Is that, is that, what it, is that the problem now? Because I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Matrix is glitched. Oh, no. Oh, no. We, we don't have to look in the past. We can just be thankful that we have it now. So that's right. Burritos. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that was a, that was a fun set of things to to ponder on and uh i now i'm hungry uh i need a burrito, Burritos. <laughs> a burrito too. it looked kind of good yeah it's, they're very good it looks like they were including kimchi in there though that was, a, that was that's interesting yeah, it was like cabbage and like uh what are they called donner meat so yeah i don't know 
it's like, Donner meat. Is that like reindeer? Or what? I was going to say, <laughs> well, yeah. to Rudolph meat. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, it's like meat that they make on a spit and then they shave off and everything like that. Um, and you're always just kind of wondering like, what is that? Are you sure it's actually, that might cat. be my cousin Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny you should say that, you know, in, uh, uh, random point of cultural reference here. Uh, the movie Soylent Green actually takes place in 2022. I just oh, I just really? recently learned that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're we're entering an age now where uh, movies are going to start converging. People. Movies from the past that pre- that predicted or talked about the future are going to be contemporaneous with what we we are now. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like we Runner. had na- 1984, 1984 never quit, and yeah. you know, so there's that. Can Can I share something quick, please? Okay, so just so you guys know, and time's up. some of the stuff that you guys saw in North Korea, in Mexico, at least northern Mexico, we call them trompos. I have no clue how to say that in English, but this I think is gonna it's trompos. <laughs> Trumpos. <Okay>. You see, <laughs> that thing on the left, it's what we we used to play. It's a, it's a, it's a kid's toy, and we call it trompo. Okay. I have no clue. How do you call that in English? I have no clue. That's a spinning uh, top. That's a, the top. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a top. Yeah. There you go. And. On the right side, guess what? It's the other trumpet, but the one with meat. <laughs> oh. So both are trompos. I've only seen these at like, you know, Brazilian steakhouses and stuff. Well, well <laughs> Brazilian trompos. Well, to, to conclude, let's just say that if you're looking forward to a great 2022, so are we. Uh, we I hope that you'll stick with us both here at Good News, Bad News on YouTube or on your favorite podcast catcher. Uh, or if you'll also join us at libertarianchristians.com. Uh, check us out. The Libertarian Christian Institute is posting nearly daily content. We put out a lot of material and it's getting, there's more and more things to consume uh, and to learn and to, to just to be edified by. And let me also kind of give you another quick shout out to one of our more recent projects. Take a look at thepandemicbytes.com uh, where we are doing a, some short, as a short email list where you get some bite-sized content about a pandemic that does totally bite. So that's thepandemicbites.com. So check that out. You get some good content there. And of course, uh, if you're looking for something to pick up and read in the new year, take a look at our book, Faith Seeking Freedom. Uh, It's pretty awesome. And it's uh, we're, we're looking to spread that message far and wide this year. We're going to have, we're actually going to have a Spanish translation this year. That's going to be a highlight of the year. It's going to happen guys. And uh, I, I, for one, am looking forward to, uh, to being able to not read the things that I've written yet again. But, uh, <laughs> but, Yo but, soy libertarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, great. Uh, gracious thanks to my, my co-hosts here. Thank you all. And uh, we are wishing you a happy new year. Have a great 2022, fellas. <laughs>